With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Tennis.com podcast, and here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hi, everyone. This is Ed McGrogan from Tennis.com here with Richard Pagliaro on a hurricane edition of the U.S. Open preview. Um, the weather, obviously suspect. That's nothing new to this tournament, um, which I'm almost certain will somehow find a way to have another men's final on Monday. Happened the past three years. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of just the tournament's luck, but... Um, we're not that far ahead yet. Let's not that look that far ahead because we're going to do the draw previews today. The draws just came out this afternoon. Um, and so Richard and I are going to discuss, discuss each quarter here. Um, women's we're going to start with. And we're going to start, you know, it starts at the top, I think nominally so, with Carolyn Wozniacki. She's still number one after all this. Um, Richard, just give me your thoughts on Wozniacki, I guess, at, at this point. I think it's all been kind of said about her, but maybe just about her draw or what you think just her position is at this point. Yeah, I mean, if this was the Wozniacki of of last year, the way she played at the Open, I don't think it's that bad of a quarter for her. You know, that said, obviously, she's had some major struggles recently, and you're looking at two people in that quarter, Hantakova beat her in Paris and uh, Petkovic beat her in Miami. So there's two players right off the top that knocked her off. And then if she were able to navigate those you know Lee not would probably be waiting in the quarters and you know she beat her in Australia so I I can't see her getting to the semis you know based on current form unless she pulls something really special out. Is, is there a particular player in there that that is it Lee Na again or do you think I like Lee those... I like her game you just wonder it's maybe a little bit of a of a, of a hangover after the French she hasn't quite looked as sharp to me. She tends to hit flatter, so she can be a little streaky, but that would you know, work. hard court is her yeah, surface. That would I work mean. well, obviously, in Flushing Meadows. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. for me, for Wozniacki, I think this August has almost turned out to be the worst-case scenario for what's, for what's happened. She goes out in the opening round of the two biggest tournaments in Toronto and Cincinnati, and... Um, Lo and behold, she seems to be doing fine in New Haven, where she's never yeah. lost before. This is obviously well, if they held the open in New Haven. She'd probably yeah. have a couple titles. That's right, now. the New Haven. Yeah, yeah. it's too bad uh, it's not out there in the New England anymore. But um, even with this weather, I mean, I'm thinking of other things. She could end up playing like a Sunday final out there. I can just see all these things happening. But um, but like I said, the the preliminary events coming in are really what we needed to see something. I think from her after such a struggle on clay and grass and that just really hasn't happened right um you know it was this time of year that we that last year i think a lot of us thought that could be the breakthrough but i don't think very many people think that at all at this point um i guess from her perspective if you want to look for a silver lining it's that people aren't going to be talking about her you know based on the 
current form and also you know obviously she hasn't won a major so i think that might help her a little bit but the performance has not been there obviously yeah, yeah people won't be talking about her but but she's still we'll, the top seed she's still the top seed and, and it's uh you know an event of the stature of course she as good of a front as I think she's put on in front of all the you know all the pressure the the, the media I guess in particular if we want to pinpoint it down I think it's I think it is kind of apparent that it's really just starting to just sure. just get to her and everything and and the thing and, with the coaching change I to me if you're going to do that you know do it right after Wimbledon get time with the you know I I mean I don't begrudge her doing it it's just you know the coach the, the coach to be named later. right the coach exactly yeah, named. exactly right. Yeah, I mean, you know, with her, it, it's players, like you said, Hantikova, Kuznetsova, Pekovic, players that I think the Wozniacki of a year ago would be just, would just baseline them to death and kind of hit themselves off. But I'm, I don't think that's the case really right now. So for Wozniacki, the long and short of it is I don't think this is going to be the slam. And she could, we could still see her as number one after, but that's just kind of how it goes. But I'll let her prove us wrong there. The uh, second quarter is where most people – centers around Serena Williams, the player who, for today's draw, most people were wondering how this was going to end up. Serena could have conceivably played Venus in the first round. Venus is unseated. She could have ended up anywhere, really. Um, and for her, you know, for her personally, it turned out pretty well, I think, um, that she didn't have to play, you know, a Victoria Azarenka in the first round. But for someone like Azarenka, they could meet in the third round, and right. that's kind of the match that most people are expecting and looking forward to. So, oh, that'd be a blockbuster yeah. night yeah, match, probably. Yeah. Of course, yeah. What are your thoughts on that one? You know, I picked Serena to win the tournament, and you know, I still stand by that. Although I think you're you're 100 on target. It's like that's a, that's a huge match, and to me, it's disappointing because that's a match that that should be played as a semi or even perhaps a final. They played that final in Miami a few years ago when, when Azarenka crushed her, and then Azarenka played her tough in Australia a few years ago, and I just don't understand the decision not to bump Serena up. I know they don't want to give the appearance that they're favoring an American, and they didn't bump Kim up significantly either, but you know we're talking about an immortal Hall of Fame player, 13-3 and three in major finals. I mean, I don't think the players, I think the players would have preferred to see Serena seated higher. I spoke to Petkovic the other day and she said she wouldn't have had a problem with it because she's won two titles before, the, you know, in the in the U.S. Open Series. Yeah. So to me, it's unfortunate that that's a third round match because I think that that would be an electrifying quarter or semi or something. But, you know, having said that, I, I, I like Serena's chances in that match. Is there a particular spot you wanted to see Serena in? Like top number, eight. Top eight. Top eight. Yeah, you know, it's it's definitely um, if that decision was made, like we were saying before, surely the USTA does come under a lot of scrutiny, one reason or another, of of, of you know altering the scenes course, kind of with no real precedent. You know, sure. Wimbledon's the obvious exception, but they've had their grass specific seedings for years. And I just saw a story on ESPN how on their outside the line show that they were looking into the U.S. Open draw that. Um, the top seeds have traditionally at Flushing Meadows always gotten these insanely easy opening round matches. It's 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 worth te- checking out. The evidence is kind of stacked against them, honestly. But it's an interesting story. So they avoided some additional right controversy, controversy sure. with leaving Serena. I mean, you play it safe that way, and then it, like, let's say they had bumped her up, and you know she drew Venus or something. You know, you sort of leave yourself open. So I can understand why they did it. I just don't think you know, for the best possible matches or for the higher seed, it was the 
the best decision in my view. Yes. Yeah, so, 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 you know, that match kind of seals the quarter for you. I think it, it, from what I'm gathering, yeah, because there, Schiavone, there really you know, yeah. I don't think she, although she played Venus, she played a hell of a match against Venus there last year. I don't think hardcore is her best service. You know, Yankovic is a former finalist and she's coming off the Cincy finals. I just think on the serve, she's vulnerable. And I like Pavlyuchenkova's game a lot. It's just she's had some trouble with double faults. She's been a little inconsistent lately. To me, Serena's in form. She's fit and she's hungry. I mean, she's definitely, especially after she missed last year and what happened against Kleisters two years ago, I think she'll be so pumped for this, uh, for this tournament. Yeah. As you guys will see in our editor's picks on the site, um, we all tend to agree with Richard's assessment right there of Serena Williams. So, Check that out, and um, we'll move on to the third quarter of the women's draw here. This is where Kavitova and Sharapova are on the opposing sides. Um, to me, there's not too much in between these two. The Wimbledon finalists this year, there's Rodwanska, who may have been the f- second or third best player in this hardcore stretch, um, but I really see Sharapova and Kavitova tangling again at the at the end of this quarter um and Kvitova took her down in two sets of the Wimbledon final um Sharapova's just continued to really it, to me amaze me actually this year in that um she's gone deep at nearly every tournament she's played and I still see these you know the hitches and the serve um but she really d- has managed to overcome it pretty much every week and um, at, the, at this point, it's kind of tough to pick against her um, to get to that, to get to these deeper parts of the tournament. She's, and she's had success here at the Open before. So I really um, don't see much stopping a Kvitova-Sharapova quarterfinal there. Yeah, it, it would be great to see that come off again. I think Rodwanska, if, if she could serve a little bit better, I'd give her a little bit better shot. I mean, she has beaten Sharapova at the U.S. Open Previously, it's just the second serve is, you know, they, they tend to tee off on her second serve. So that's a bit of an issue. But she's she's an interesting one to watch. Uh, the other match I was looking at an opening round are Panetta Rezai, although Rezai's been slumping. Panetta's a two-time quarterfinalist, and she played Serena tough there the last time she won it. So if Panetta got to Sharapova, she, that might be interesting. But I, I agree with you. I think it's... You know, Sharapova, Kvitova, that said, Kvitova's really struggled since Wimbledon. It could be a little bit of a, you know, just adjusting to your first major. And someone that age and that young, it's kind of hard to go deep back-to-back sometimes. Yeah, yeah, of of those two, I would certainly say Kvitova would would be more susceptible to the upset. I think that's a good point Although if if she did get to Sharapova, as tough as Sharapova is mentally, and and you're right on with the servant, I think that Kvitova matches up really well with her. And her serves a hell of a lot better, in my opinion. Yeah, it's got the lefty thing going, of course, which works on any surface. That's for sure. We've seen on tour. The last quarter of this draw, uh, Zvonareva is the number two seed down here. Bartoli is the eight seed. There's also Stozer at nine, who just um, just had a good result in August here. And Venus Williams is uh, unseeded here. She's going to be playing Vesna Delance in the first round, the the V matchup here we got going on. So, but Venus is, you know, kind of almost totally forgotten at this point. She only played three tournaments this year. Um, two of them being majors. This will be the, the third one here. And, uh, you know, for all the layoffs that she has had this year, um, you know, 
I know obviously her pedigree, what she's done in the past. She's still managed to win a number of matches in each tournament she's played. She hasn't won any of them. Uh, for some, you know, for some reason, I really just I, I don't see her losing really, really early in this term. But I don't think that um, that it's going to be an issue of her somehow rising from the dead here and coming back. But she is going to get Lazicki probably in round two, which is, uh, you know, that's that's a that's Two a of the biggest there, servers, so. sure. Two of the biggest servers in the game. That would be really interesting. And, you know, I think we should, to be fair, look, Venus last year from Wimbledon to the Open did not play. She goes into the Open and nearly, I mean, she nearly beat Kleister. She yeah. was a couple points from winning that match. So you can't ever underestimate her, especially if the first serve is clicking, although... You know, without the match play, it's really hard for me to see her going really too deep in the draw. Yeah, for- and if she ran into someone that was ultra consistent, like a Sabalkova, who could just work her and and try to break the forehand down, that could be a, a bit of an issue. Yeah, players like Sabalkova, you know, I sort of see this quarter as a as a really good chance for a, a number of different seated players here, and I'm and you know, obviously, I'm we'll talk. Well, Zvonareva at the high seat is included in there, but Zvonareva really has has had kind of a disappointing year after what after all she did last year. And then she's got the pressure defending all the the final points. Yeah, well. and I mean this year with the struggles from Wozniacki, there was certainly a chance for Zvonareva to right. to really you know take advantage of it. If it wasn't this, I mean Williams's have been out of the picture largely, but for a quarter like this, um, I could certainly envision a player. I think you've had pick Bartoli as a dark horse in there. Even a player like Petrova or Stozer, right. if they were if they really did kind of string those matches together, this is the quarter where there's not that blue chip that you know is going to put an end to that run. I think this is kind of up for the taking there. Yeah, I thought about Stozer about going with her as a dark horse. I went with Bartoli, although, you know, second round Christina McHale versus Bartoli, that could be a tough match. Christina McHale's beat Wozniacki and Kuznetsova back to back weeks. Be on a big court and, you know, she's a New Jersey girl, have a lot of fans, a lot of support. I mean, that could be tricky, but if Bartoli gets through that, I just figured she, if she got Stozer. I think she'd be able to get to the backhand, and that's the thing. You get to the backhand, and you know Stoser doesn't have an answer. Bartoli right does now. seem kind of due for something. Yeah, it's, and she's it, been good in the last two majors. Yeah, it's too. been building this whole year, that's for sure. So, and she's a U.S. Open former junior champ, you know. So it, it, I think her she's sort of underperformed at the Open, but she that said, she's had some tough draws, and I think this is not a tough. I mean, this is a this is a draw she can navigate if yep. she gets it going. Yeah, like I said, I'm going to go with Serena for the tournament here. Richard uh, said the piece on that, and I couldn't agree more. Um, it, it's who really... was your dark horse? Who did you? Uh... Oh, I haven't mentioned her actually. Yeah. I a dark horse. This is a truly dark horse. We're going to go with Kaya Kanepi yeah, on the dark horse yeah. scale because, and she is. Let me bring that up. Um, rank number. She's a number 31 seed. In the, she's in the first quarter of the draw with Wozniacki. We got so um, into the Wozniacki d- debate there, of course. But Kanepi, the reason I took her is I think she's kind of underseated at this point. Um, and she actually reached the quarters of the Open last year, um, losing to Zvonareva. This is a girl who, the way she hits really hard shots, um, this is the kind of court that I think rewards that very well. She also did very well at Wimbledon last year. So she, this is a fast court player. Right. And like I said, um, you know, this quarter, I think 
she certainly could be playing Lee Na in the third round, and that's not an easy match by any means. It's kind of a, a bludgeoning match, really, if you will. But um, the dark horse pick is Kanepi, and I stick in with it. And I would like to mention that my dark horse pick at Wimbledon this past uh, was July Lissicky. was Lissicky. You were right on target so, on that one. Yeah. So, um, you know, past experience is not guaranteed future returns, but that's <laughs> that's where I'm staying. There's so. precedent, though. For there it. is. Um, men's draw. Let's get to that now. And at the top, of course, is Novak Djokovic, 57-2 and two this year. Uh, we'll just come out and say it, just like Serena <laughs> kind of swept most of the editor's picks. Yeah. Uh, Djokovic has done the same on the men's side. Uh, he's, of course, coming off one of his two losses this past year in Cincinnati against Murray um, via retirement. The reason I you know, still stick with Djokovic here, it's not like I have to give a ton of evidence, of course, with his record, but I do think the week off should give him you know, the, the, the wherewithal to get the strength and the speed back. I guess you, know, you, you have to wonder about the shoulder problem, but it was, it was kind of a strange retirement to begin with because the rain came it, it did seem like more of a um like a precautionary thing yeah really. i think so i mean i think even you look at the Monfils and the birdage is matt he was almost looking to get out in those i'm not saying he was intentionally trying to lose yeah it's no. almost like he was looking for a reprieve there and those guys couldn't step up yeah i could not i could not believe Monfils oh, didn't win that match yeah. right i mean watching the first set of that um Especially the way he came out serving, he was serving so well. Yeah, I was I, I was absolutely stunned that um, the guy, I guess that Djokovic found a way to win it. I I could expect Monfils to find a way to lose it, but Djokovic really didn't seem in it on his part. And then by the end of it, he actually was playing pretty well and kind of in, engaged in the match. But but and like you said, he was down a break to Burdich in that match, and Burdich ends up retiring. So. Um, I do think that Djokovic is going to be fine here. His toughest opponent early on may actually be Ivan Dodig here, who's who got in as the last seed. Dodig is the player who, who beat, beat Nadal down, sure. up in Montreal. And look um, good doing it, too. Yeah, I mean, and he he's going to be on a hard court like this um, with his speed. That's a player who I think you're going to see playing Djokovic in the one versus 32 third rounder. And that won't be that easy, but... Um, no, he's a big server, too. He was cranking the third set against Nadal. He cranked, like, 11 aces in that third set. Yeah, it's... Um, so I, I think Joe can expect um, Dodig there. And I think the rest of the quarter is not too bad. There's um, Burdich and Monfils, the two guys we just mentioned. Um, How about Monfils opening with Dimitrov? That'll be... That's going to draw... Put that on grandstand. I think you get a nice crowd. Oh, that that's... One. Yeah, that's a sellout on grandstand for sure. That is... Um, yeah, that's the fans' match. Because that, that's a match, you're right, will not be put on, on Ash, of course. It just doesn't have that kind of stature for it. But that's a grounds pass specialty yeah. for yeah. sure. And that's... Two, two guys are fun to watch. And uh... Yeah, and... Um, and the only, like I said, Burdich, a guy, a classic, just you never know guy. And um, like I said, he, he had Djokovic kind of on the ropes for a little bit there. But and people forget Burdich handled him in the Wimbledon semis two years ago. I just think Djokovic, he moves so much better, and hard court is Djokovic's best surface. And uh, I just don't think the athleticism is Burdich can match him that way. Although if he was on, you know, you never know. He's it's kind of tough. He's a to, big hitter. Kind of tough to talk yourself out of picking against a guy who's won fifty-seven or fifty-nine. Yeah, I mean, believe me, I didn't want to pick. I didn't want to go the norm and pick the favorite, but I don't see how you can't pick him. The guy's clearly the best player. Clearly, I mean, he's a level above. And you know, two losses, and one of the losses was sketchy, where he just wasn't maybe physically yeah. right. You know, yep. so 
And I, we did go to a press conference with him yesterday that Head did, and he said the shoulder's fine. He demonstrated he was twirling the shoulder around, so he he says he's fine. Okay. Well, uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll get a better idea his first match, I'm sure. Um, the other guy he lost to this year, Federer, he's in the other quarter, and I do not think Roger Federer is going to make the semifinals this tournament. We've been on a streak this year for the great majority of the tournaments where the top four guys have in some cases all routes to semifinals in many cases about three or four of them or three two or three of them have been a super consistent year when it comes to the elite group of the ATP but I do not like what I've seen from Federer this past month I think it's almost been a an a case of just waiting for that match where he kind of just doesn't have it that day and he's playing a component that's consistent enough and can threaten him enough where the backhand seems to break down. Even the forehand seems to break down, really. But it, it has been a case where, you know, he only has one title this year, and we can't really ignore that. And this is basically in September now. So, um, you know, I don't, I think the most likely person to do it is Sanga, of course. He's on the opposite side. There's also Marty Fish, too, who I'm, we'll get into in a minute. Um, Sanga though just beat Federer up in Montreal. There's also a lot of other roadblocks. I think I think in his way, just in this core in general. But um, I don't see Federer getting through it. Do you? You know, I honestly thought when he beat Del Potro a few weeks ago that that was going to kind of jumpstart him. And I, I, don't, I mean, I wouldn't totally count him out because if he came out serving like he did in the in the French, I mean, yeah, sensational serving day. I still think his serve when it's clicking, he. You know, he's deadly. I, I I agree with you, though. The backhand is an issue, and he hasn't sort of played with the aggression match-to-match that I had kind of hoped to see after Wimbledon. And you wonder the lingering, you know, blowing the two-set lead against Sanga. I realize Sanga played great, but he didn't really come close to breaking him after that. No, that was that a runaway. The, and then, yeah. you know, you see him make inroads into other guys' service games when he's not. And I know Sanga's got a good, great serve. I'm not, you know, discounting that. But, gosh, you, you know, you just like to see him do a little bit more. I mean, he's saying all the right things. I, I, I think it's going to be tough. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount it. I just can't see him getting past Djokovic if he, even if he got to that point. Right. Yeah, that's, that's tough half of the draw for sure. You know, it's funny because a year ago, you know, he had the match points on Djokovic and just looking how much has changed. Now, if you told me, hey, they're definitely going to play in the semis, I, I mean, I'd be going all in on Djokovic. Yeah. The rest of that quarter, Marty Fish, let's um, mention – Mentioned him. Um, he's definitely convinced me over this past summer. I mean, it, it's an it's an issue of like of like you're saying about Djokovic. I mean, the matches, the wins are there, and Fish has made the semis of four tournaments he's played this summer. He's basically he has bettered his summer last year, which right, was exceptional. Which is very hard, yeah, hard to do. And um, he's impressed. He's impressed me just so much. This year with with what he's doing, and this is all actually after coming off that Davis Cup, um, right? Right. On those are, those are two excruciating losses. Yeah. So you know, Fish really has impressed me, and a Fish Sanga match, I have to say, would be really good. And I think that's what we're going to get. Um, I think that's going to be a fourth rounder if that happens. Um, and I'll tell you, he never looks awed by the occasion anymore either. It used to be the knock on him, obviously, because the fitness wall. He doesn't do it in three out of five sets. He doesn't do it in May. Now you saw what he did at Wimbledon. You saw him sustain this pace throughout the summer. 
he never looks frazzled or phased on the court. I mean, he looks like he knows he belongs and that he's comfortable with that level. It's not a reach for him. I mean, he's he deserves to be where he is. Elsewhere in that quarter, also, I want to mention to the uh, Wednesday or Thursday Grand Pass holders, I think think we could see a very nice match of Tomich and Harrison, and that would be another match that I don't think would get um, Ash Billing, but that is a spectacular match between uh, two players who, two of the younger players that we've talked about a lot this year. Um, so I would, I would expect that one if they both win their first rounders. So in that quarter, people fans of backhands, uh, Stepanek, Kohlschreiber, that could be an interesting first rounder. Stepanek seeded, Kohlschreiber isn't, although he, you know, he's dangerous. Also a grounds past delight there. The second half of the men's draw. This is the Murray quarter. Third quarter here, Murray Soderling are the top two at four and six. Um, this is a pretty stacked quarter, I gotta yeah. say. Um, How about Baghdad Isner playing today, and then you're gonna see that again? You know, that's oh, I didn't realize they were playing New Hampshire. Yeah, that's they're, right. They're in the third set. So, yeah, um, we. I was asked before by someone, "How is John Isner's draw this U.S. Open?" I took a look at it, and I said it's pretty bad to be quite honest, because this is a, this is a stacked, stacked yeah. quarter. At least. In terms of the top half here, I want to put a clause to that because um, I do think I, I do like what I've seen overall from Andy Murray, and uh, I think the Cincinnati result was a pretty big one. This guy, he always does well at the U.S. Open, right. too, and, and he loves playing in New York. He's not intimidated by the by the largeness of it. Yeah, there. So there are there. There's certainly a lot of great players in the top half of this court. There's Sorling, Isner, Bagdadas. Del Potro's here at 18. Jill Simone is also there on number 12. Um, and I think that Murray does well to let these guys sort of just knock each other yeah, out. Yeah, beat up, up on there. each other. Yeah. And, um, he avoid- and look, we haven't mentioned Varenka, and Varenka's beaten Murray at the Open, and he had a great Open last year, too. Yep, Varenka and Murray could meet in the fourth round there. So um, it, otherwise... Otherwise, I do like Murray overall there, and um, and like I said, I think it's just a huge uh, traffic jam at the top of some of some pretty talented guys and like great hardcore players. Like you were saying, Soderling, Israel Potro. I mean, that's a that's formidable on uh, in Flushing Meadows. Yeah, to sure. me, Soderling is the guy to watch as a possible early upset or a guy that conversely could go could go on a little bit just because he hasn't really played that. I mean, he hasn't played in the series because of the injury. So he could be vulnerable early, but if he gets into it, you know, he's one of those guys. Once he starts finding the groove, he, he, he doesn't give you much say in the match. That's true. Yep. Um, last quarter of the men's draw here is where Nadal is. Um, the other top seed is Ferrer, which is who's number five. And this is also where Andy Roddick is now number 21 in the draw. Uh-huh. And Roddick didn't do that badly in the draw, if you look. I don't think. I think he, you know, he has a manageable draw, at least for a couple rounds. Yep. It starts off with Michael Russell. Uh, that'll be on Ash, I'm certain. Um, I I actually give I give Russell a couple percentage point chance, and I'm just going to throw that out there. And uh, he'll take on the winner of or the winner that gets winner of Sock and Jaquel. Um That's the top half of this quarter this is where Ferrer is and the bottom half when Nadal is 
I think we do need to kind of talk about Nadal's matches uh, almost in a match-by-match way just because of what we've seen recently. Um, he could, of course, saying that, I'm just going to go ahead a couple of rounds too, but he has Nelbandian very close by, um, Lubacic also close by. These are all third-round opponents earlier. Um, what, have, what are your thoughts on Nadal's form at the moment here? He had another- I, I think his confidence is clearly not you know, where he would like it to be. And he just looks like he's questioning. He looks like he's showing a little more frustration, although to be fair to him in that fish match, you know, he had the problem, his burned fingertips. So I'm sure he wasn't feeling a hundred percent, but he just showed you more frustration, almost punching the racket face a few times. And that's not like him. So that tells me that he's not, his confidence is not where you, where he would want it to be. Yeah, it's um, and you can understand why he, you know he would feel that way. Yeah, I could uh, almost to the point where I could I could uh, I could see him if he made it to Ferrer. That's uh, and Ferrer's beaten him at the Open here as well as Australia or this year. Ferrer might be uh, you know he might sneak out of this, but yeah, because even you know even though Lubacic did beat Nadal when he won Indian Wells last year, he he doesn't play well at the Open. So I I, I would expect Nadal to get through. And if he got Ferrer, like you said, Ferrer's beaten him. Ferrer's a really tough opponent. He's one, although he's coming off injury too, so you got to wonder how he's high high beat. seed number five for him. That's that's got to be the highest. I think he's had at a slam for sure. Another interesting one in that a first rounder, Golbus Yuzny would be one I would want to see. You know, that's uh, pop see, and Yuzny's a former semifinalist, so he's a guy you always got to be uh, concerned where he is. Yeah, that's um, and. Djokovic, I go with on this side. You went with Djokovic as well. Yeah. Who was your dark horse on the men's? Men's uh, dark horse. I went with Song on that one. Well, that's a good. Yeah. It's. Good uh, I, I just think, like I said, that federal quarter is kind of where I could see some disturbances going on. So, um, and your dark horse selection. I went with Del Potro, although you know he, his recent form maybe doesn't uh, support that. But I went with it because I think if he sort of catches lightning in a bottle and he gets going, the crowd loves him. He loves playing in New York, obviously a former champ. And he's one of those guys where if he's serving well, with the serve and return, he can basically, if he's on, you know, sort of take you out of the equation. So yeah, a little bit of a stretch only because he hasn't played well. He hasn't won back-to-back matches since Wimbledon. But I, he's one of those guys, if he got on a roll – I you know I wouldn't want to see him on the other side of the net. Very good. Uh for the open coverage we will have everybody from the tennis uh tennis department out at Flushing Meadows, of course. Richard and myself will be there. P Bodo's already there, um penning for your uh for your delights there. Steve Tigner, of course, and uh a great many other cast of characters to com for your viewing pleasure. So I really encourage you come back to the site during the open we'll have it covered all the time it's hurricane proof the site is hurricane proof yes right you, you don't have to even have to wear a raincoat to <laughs> yeah. enjoy it so thank you for listening to the podcast for richard pagliaro i am ed mcgrogan and see you at the open you've been enjoying tennis.com's weekly podcast thanks for listening for all the latest news and events head over to tennis.com 